Happy Monday to each of you, and thanks for joining our show. And this is Perspective, Season 1, Episode 40. And as always, we are delighted to have each of you joining in. Hello to all of my uh, regulars who tune And hello, if there are any uh, first-timers, if this is your first time um, tuning in, we thank you for tuning in. And let's go ahead and get those shout-outs out. Um, and by the way, people ask me, how do you shout out? I only know if you're on, if you comment. So um, if you're wondering how we go about doing shout outs, when you comment, that goes for me and my guests, because I know at times I've had guests on and they um, shout out various friends or family members. That's the only way on if you comment. But nevertheless, good evening to you, Miss Loretta. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, Mama, thanks for tuning in. Monica, my big sis, thanks for tuning in. Hey, Dad, thanks for tuning in. And if you did not comment, again, hello to everyone who is tuning in. So um, we're going to go ahead and get started with tonight's topic. Um, I do need to set a disclaimer. Tonight's topic is a very serious matter. Um, so we will do an icebreaker, sort of kind of to loosen the mood. And then once we finish the icebreaker, it will we'll go into the dialogue. So I would encourage you to... Um, like, tag, and share this post. It's going to be some very impactful information. As all of you know, all of our shows, that's been our uh, goal since day one. We've always tried to provide you with shows that not only um, prove to be entertaining, but prove to be informative and impactful as well, because we definitely But my first though, um, stranger to um, the perspective family, I've lost count of how many shows she's done. I don't even try to count, but Jasmine Stinson, she always comes with and it's just a joy uh, whenever we get to share the space together. So welcome, Jasmine. Hey, 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 and you're muted. Hey, there we go. Good evening. How are you? Sorry about that. Good. That's okay. Great to have you on as always. It is a pleasure to be here. All right, so let's go with the um, icebreaker. So for this week, I kind of wanted to um, hit it from an entertainment perspective. I know that everyone, we're always, everyone is tuned into Netflix, if not everyone, just about everyone. So um, for those who haven't heard recently, Jamie Foxx had a sitcom on Netflix, Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me. And that series was actually canceled. The series won't come back for um, a second season. But however, on the flip side, the Upshaws, which featured um, Wanda Sykes, and I can't remember, uh, Mike Epps, those two, and Kim Fields, that show will be... Um, has been renewed for a second season. So my reason for doing this open dialogue, we, we kind of want to talk about the importance of making black mm. sitcoms for us because yeah, I look at a, I look at some of the drama that happens on TV, but I, most of y'all, sometimes I just want to laugh if, if we're dealing with all this personal stuff 
in our lives. I don't need to see it replayed on TV. I just want to laugh. So unfortunately, we won't see Jamie Foxx sitcom um, back on Netflix. There's that dog snoring. I had to say I am too tickled. That is a highlight for me. That is a highlight for me. I'm sorry, I'm going to mute while you're talking. Uh-uh, don't mute a thing. So for those who've never witnessed Jasmine, there's her snoring dog in the background, so that's a great way for the dog to make his intro. Um, <laughs> uh, don't mute a thing. I love it. Um, so, like I said, Jamie's sitcom, it won't be back. And a lot of the people, I myself, the shows weren't consistent. But on the flip side, for those who've seen the Upshaws, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Now, I do need to set a disclaimer. If you haven't seen it with Wanda Sykes and Mike Epps, you should already know there is going to be some profanity in it. But it's not over the top where you're just like, I can't watch it. It's great, um, a great comedy show, and it deals with everyday issues. And the same with Family Reunion, which features Loretta Devine and Tia uh Ma Tia Maury. Yeah, Mallory. I can't think of her married name. But those are two great sitcoms on there. So um Jasmine, I'll start with you. How important is it that you think we see black sitcoms that reflect everyday life and are believable? The irony that we're having this conversation, because I literally had this conversation last week with somebody else. Wow. Um, because we talked about how we grew up watching things like Family Matters and The Cosby mm -hmm. Show and Fresh Prince. And you had even when there was an interruption or a dysfunction in the family, it was treated as a true family and you overcome, you know, you take in that relative like Will on Fresh Prince and, you know, the Cosby's always had somebody extra in their house. And I think that it served as a big eye opener for us because realistically, um, I've never watched either of the shows you're describing. Um, <laughs> I haven't. And I think a lot of it is it's not mainstream. I mean, whenever we were younger, it was TGIF, you know, family matters. Let's make sure that we are home before it. Okay. But we don't have that representation now. Right. Um, our kids don't have that representation. Whenever you think about black shows on primetime TV now, it's somebody getting slapped or a drink thrown in their face. And there's no positive message out there with the exception of a few. Mm -hmm. um, like Blackish, I really enjoy, but a lot of their topics are too advanced for, you know, the middle schoolers who we were when we were looking up to those shows. So right. I, I do, I think that it's needed. Um, I think that representation matters. I think that Oftentimes, our community, we are our own worst enemy. We will limit ourselves, but it's hard to see yourself in a position that you've never seen anybody in who looks like you. Absolutely. And you mentioned Blackish, and unfortunately, um, this will be the last season for Blackish. Um, hate to hear that. And here's the reality you said something so impactful. We don't have a lot of Black sitcoms that were mainstream. Um, a lot of the production companies, it's harder to get your work pitched to get on these stations like NBC. I do have to give kudos to ABC because in recent years, we have seen a lot of black sitcoms on that station. I know NBC carried the Carmichael's, which featured David Allen Greer and then Marlon Wayans. He had his own subtitled sitcom, Marlon. The station dropped those. And from what we saw, a lot of people were shocked because the 
the reviews seem to be great from those. So that just goes to show you how times are changing. So um, I am grateful that, like you said, we do have these shows that are in syndication, like Fresh Prince, A Different World, Cosby Show, me and my uh, family, we were just talking a few weeks ago how A Different World is still impacting audiences today. And it doesn't matter if you are a black college student or a race outside of African-American, you can still look at that show because it was before its time in addressing issues that college students face. So kudos. And here's the thing, when these sitcoms come on the air, if they do come on stations like NBC and Fox as a writer, and I'm just, I'm not just saying this as a way to plug my theater company, but we have to support these shows. You know, our support, that's what it depends on. You know, you can't just, a lot of times I've been guilty of that because I prejudged Family Reunion when it was on Netflix. I'm like, okay, what is this trash? It's not gonna laugh, but it's, it's, it's good. It is good. So I would advise everybody when you see a new comment coming on content, especially if it features an all black cast, give it a chance, give it a chance because we, unfortunately, we control whether these shows, they make it past the pilot season or if they fail after the pilot season. So I would just advise you of that. And that's the same way when these made for TV movies come out, you know, if we want to see more stories that reflect us on television we have to tune into this stuff and we have to give it a chance we've seen a lot of stories than we have in the past of stories that reflect us this year alone we've had mahalia which tells the story of my and bishop td jakes he premiered two movies on lifetime last year the clark sisters movie was premiered and so many others i could name again we have to watch and support these movies. That's how these producers and directors, they continue to make movies and content that reflects us. So again, that was your icebreaker for the week. Just something to kind of um, lighten the mood. So tonight's conversation, I do want to go ahead and dive in it because I do want to make sure that we have a lot to discuss the content. Tonight's topic is matters of the heart let's talk about it. Again, tonight's topic is matters of the heart. Let's talk about it. And if you're watching tonight, again, I would encourage everyone to share and tag this show with others. Even for those that come back on and watch the replay, I would encourage you to do the same. Mm -hmm. I know you all are watching the background and you're like, okay, so what does that background have to do with their title? So tonight we're dealing strictly with depression and suicide. These are two conditions related to mental illness that we really don't talk about. And they're happening. People are unfortunately losing their lives or they're being inflicted with these. And a lot of times they become brushed under the rugs because people that self suffer with these or even have suicidal thoughts they feel like that no one cares or no one understands or no one can relate. So tonight you're going to learn facts for those watching. You may even learn some, some statistics that you didn't know. And again, that's our goal for every show. So to get us started, 
as y'all know, I am on giving you definitions to make sure you understand everything because we can't assume that everyone knows, you know, what is the definition of something. So let's start with mental health. And mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, act, and feel. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. And before I go on any further, for those, if this is your first time watching, Jasmine is a certified therapist. There are going to be some areas of this conversation. I strictly yield the floor to her because she can shed light on this. While I have done some research, there will be some things that we will definitely yield the floor on to her because she can give you facts and not an opinion. That is how we like to do with the nature of these shows. And then at the end of the show, if you are a person who would like to book or get with her for counseling and or therapy, we will allow her to give her information and talk about how she could do that. So again, the first area we're going to deal with is depression. And depression is a constant feeling of sadness and loss of interest, which stops you doing your normal activities. So Jasmine, my first question to you, can you tell us some of the causes of reasons why people can become depressed? Um, yes. So depression, uh, as you stated, is defined as a prolonged sadness. So I think that it's important that we distinguish between the times that we are sad versus the times we are depressed. Um, and honestly, I think that the fact that most of us cannot distinguish between those um, is one of the reasons that talking about suicide and talking about depression is so taboo. Um, we will go through something like, man, I was depressed, man. I had me messed up. No, it made you sad. Um, it made you angry. And whenever we generalize that term and we use it so, I guess, casually to describe a moment of sadness or a moment of being down um, and the way that we respond to that, I believe that those thoughts and ideas are internalized by those people who are truly suffering with depression, which makes them less likely to say something about it. Um, if they feel like their feelings or their emotions will be minimized or overlooked, uh, sometimes it's easier to keep it to themselves. So, but where it comes from, um, depression is actually a chemical imbalance. So um, we have four happy chemicals that our brain produces whenever we're excited. Um, they are dopamine, serotonin, um, epinephrine, and endorphins. Um, and whenever we are not producing those chemicals, um, or if we have beta blockers that are preventing those chemicals from taking effect and actually shifting the chemical makeup of our body, um, that's where we find that state of depression. Now, there are ways to increase production of those happy chemicals, things we eat, things we do, um, serving others. We've talked about these in the past, uh, whether it is, you know, doing something for your community. Uh, I tell people all the time, if you're really stressed out and nothing is making you feel better, go find a baby to play with. Um, I mean, even the the hardest of the hard and the meanest of the mean get giggly eyed and, and goo goo face with a baby. So and those things release those positive emotions, because if we're not doing anything 
to increase the production of those positive chemicals. Uh, our body is taken over by things like cortisol and cortisol um, is actually kind of what makes us gain weight, but it is produced through excessive stress. Um, and once we start to feel that, it gets us into a funk. And once you're in that funk, it is hard to get out. Um, I tell people that you know that you're depressed when you mm -hmm. sincerely want to do something, but you're absolutely lacking the energy to do so. Mm -hmm. Or whenever you realize that it's something that you once enjoyed, suddenly you no longer enjoy mm -hmm. it. So those are some of the indicators. Um, it is a true mm -hmm. mental illness. I think that, like I said, I think a lot of people mm -hmm. underestimate the severity of depression. Um, we minimize it whenever people tell us that they're depressed is uh you need to go to church or uh you need to go do something fun or you just need to take a vacation or you just need to pray on it or we always have a quick face solution for depression but realistically sometimes depression needs to be treated by a therapist sometimes depression needs to be treated by a psychiatrist who can properly diagnose and medicate you for that mental illness absolutely in your professional opinion, what is one of the reasons that you feel that depression is one of those mental illnesses that is sometimes not taken serious? Um, just kind of how I let off. I think that we use the term so casually that we don't understand it, that whenever people truly do have depression, they're not really aware. They don't know that they're just sad and they've heard their whole life that you can, you know, work your way out of it or you can pray your way out of it. Or like I said, you can do all these other things and magically make it go away when realistically you have to work to get out of depression. Um, depression takes a complete shift in how your brain is working. Um, it, you have to be intentional to come out of depression. It's not one of those things that you're just going to wake up one day and it's going to be gone. You have to make a decision that you want to work on that and you've got to take the necessary steps to get there. And I think that sometimes admitting that you need that help is, is difficult. It's difficult. So I know that um, loss of a loved one, a broken relationship, a bad relationship, those are few examples of things that can cause depression. Can you give us a few more? Um, so there's no direct cause for depression. Okay. Um, you do have life circumstances that do produce those negative chemicals um, or they suppress the production of those happy chemicals we talked about earlier, but there is not one causation for depression. It's not a situation where it's like, oh no, let me avoid this situation. I don't want to get depressed. It's, it's not like a it's not a side effect to anything. Right. Um, now, what can happen is that sometimes we do encounter situations where we do get down and that loss of a loved one can lead to depression, um, especially if it is not addressed. Mm -hmm. If that person continues to suppress those emotions, they're not talking about them, they're not processing them, and they're sitting in that negativity and they stop eating and they stop exercising and they stop interacting with others, which are all ways to produce those happy chemicals to combat those negative feelings. Um, that lull long enough, then it will eventually manifest into depression. What are some key factors that you recommend when we deal with people and we know that they're depressed? Because as we say on the show a lot, a lot of times the intentions are great, 
but we particularly don't always think before we are reacting. I've heard the phrase coined a lot, and it just irks my nerve when I hear it. He or she ain't 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 depressed. They just lazy. It just they just don't want to do nothing. They're just crazy. So, what are some ways that we can? Because you know, for those listening, that is definitely not the way you want to approach the situation. But what are a few ways that you recommend dealing with the person when we have identified and we know not what just what we think, but we know that they are definitely depressed. Um, I think that it is important to understand that depression manifests differently in everybody. Um, No two people will experience depression exactly the same. And so to give an example of something to do, the only thing I can say to do consistently, no matter who the depressed individual is, is to ask them what they need. Um, If you have a depressed person who needs some time to be by themselves, that's what they need. Sometimes, and as a therapist, my friends call me and they're like, all right, I need to tell you this. And I have to stop them and I have to get, I have to preface it. Are you calling me as a friend because you want me to listen and tell you how horrible that situation is? And girl, I can't believe you done did this again. Or do you want the, all right, this is what you need to be doing, friend. (laughs) And so I think that it's important that that becomes commonplace in everybody's conversations. Like, do you need me to just be with you? Do you need advice? Do you need support? Um, Because as you stated at the beginning of your show, many people who are dealing with depression feel alone. They feel isolated. They feel as if um, no one actually cares and no one understands. And so sometimes the most important and most impactful thing that an individual can do is to be able to say, I don't understand, but I want to understand. Um, I want to be here with you because that is a reminder that they are not alone. And frequently a person who is dealing with true depression is going to reject you. Um, Whenever you ask, you know, what can I do for you? They're going to say nothing. There's nothing you can do. Um, Your consistency is going to remind them that you're serious because oftentimes we'll ask, Hey, you know, what can I do? And they're like, nothing you like, yes. Um, (laughs) But whenever you have someone who is going through something, um, oftentimes they already feel like they're a burden, uh, which means that your offers are going to be turned away. But the important part is to remain consistent, um, remind them that they are loved, that you are there and that you are willing to do whatever. And what I have found is that most of the time in most situations, if a person is consistent in checking on an individual and offering support, eventually that person realizes that, okay, this is not just a front. You're not just that person who is offering me your last bite of food to be nice, but you really want me to say no. Uh (laughs) And so for those who are just tuning in, we are talking about matters of the heart. Let's talk about it. And tonight we are talking about mental illness from the standpoint of depression and suicide. And during the show, feel free to like and or comment. Due to the nature of tonight's shows, if we don't get a chance to address all of the comments on the show, I will make sure that Jasmine and Deidre, they do have the um, privilege to make sure that they go back and address any questions or comments that should arise. So now here is another question that I have. I know we hear a lot of people 
with depression and suicide, but we'll deal with depression now because we're dealing with that. They they will say, well, I know they say they don't want, want to be bothered, but I'll, I'm going to force my way in. I'm going to force my way in. What do you say to those people? I mean, because, again, the intentions may great, maybe you are great, but you said it so clear. You know, when people say that they want to be left alone, please respect their wishes. So what would you say to those people? Um, verbatim what you just said, um, as long as there is no imminent threat, um, there is a difference between leaving someone who is depressed alone versus leaving someone who is suicidal alone. Absolutely. Um, but if you have a friend who you are, you know, confident in the fact that right now this is a time period, this is something they're experiencing, um, they are not interested in taking their life and they ask to be left alone, then yes. Um, if you have a fear and I say, trust your gut, um, if you do feel as if someone that you love or even someone you don't love is on the verge of taking their life, I advise that you not leave them alone, no matter how badly they tell you they want to be left alone. So, okay. I wasn't laughing at anything you said. I'm laughing at our uh, guest, Deidre. Yes, Deidre. That is, that is Jasmine's dog in the background, <laughs> more like a grown man. That is not a human being. That is a dog. He is getting his snore on. I just woke him up and he looked back at me with so much disdain. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up this segment on depression, and we're definitely going to come back to it once uh, we bring Deidre in to close out our segment. What would you say to those, to that person watching we say on this show all the time, I know anybody who watches, you've heard it a number of times, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. So what would you say to that person that's watching tonight who may, who may display some of the symptoms you and I both have said of depression and they feel like that there's no way out? Um, I like to remind people that you have survived all of your hardest days. Um, I am a strong believer in God puts no more on you than what you can handle. Mm -hmm. And our biggest challenges come to our strongest people. And I've got a saying on my wall at work for my students, just as you can do hard things and things always work out because when they don't work out, you ain't here. Absolutely. So, but th things do, things work themselves out. And so it's just encouraging and it's encouraging people to reach out for support as well. Um, and one more thing, as we were discussing depression, so I didn't really mention it, but for suicide, if you truly believe that you have a friend or loved one who is suicidal, um, direct approach works best um, because you're gonna ask that question. You're gonna see their response. Um, looking that person straight in their face and say, are you having suicidal thoughts? Do you want to kill yourself? Um, it is a tough question to ask. Um, it is even tougher when the answer is yes. But that puts you in a position to know. Um, oftentimes people will skirt around that question because of the fear that they're going to implant the idea in their head. But realistically, a person who takes their life, um, unless they're dealing with a severe mental illness, such as like schizophrenia or something that causes impulsive actions, someone who attempts um, and attempts to the point where they are successful on their lives, they did not start thinking about it just because you said it. They've been thinking about this for a long time. 
So sometimes it calls for you as that loved one to ask the question, to open those floodgates and to initiate those conversations for getting help. Um, there is help out there. Um, and there are tons of people who will love and support you and help build you back up. Absolutely. Okay, so before we bring on Deidre, there are just a few statistics and definitions that I quickly want to go over. So suicide. Suicide is death caused by injuring oneself with intent to die. And let's be clear on the de on the definition between suicide and a suicide attempt. A suicide attempt is when someone harms themselves with any intent to end their life, but they do not die as a result of their action. And then these are a few statistics that surprised me. The annual uh, age-adjusted suicide rate is 13.42 per 100,000 individuals. Men die by suicide 3.53 times more often than women on average there are 132 suicides per day. And if we think about it, that is a lot. Research on seasonal effects on suicide rates suggests that the prevalence of suicide is greatest during the late spring and early summer months. Despite the common belief that suicide rates peak typically during the cold and dark months of the winter season. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring on our um, next guest, Deidre Gaddis. And yes, she is a returning guest. This is the first time ever in the history of my show when I've had a guest on back to back. But when we bring her on and as she shares her story, you will definitely see why. So welcome again to you, Deidre. Hey. How are you? I'm great. Good evening. I'm so glad that I was able to get in and listen to Miss Jasmine because there were some things that she said that I even want more information about. Okay, absolutely. So the way I'm going to do this segment, I was debating on how I was actually going to do it. No one knows this but me and Deidre, which is the premise of how this show comes about. Typically, everybody who watches the show, if you've watched more than once, you know, here recently, we already have our show scheduled for the next two to three, sometimes four weeks. This Monday, I didn't have anything. I had a few thoughts. I didn't have anything. And so, as I do with a lot of my guests, after the show, once it ends to the public, I stay on with my guests 30 minutes. It can roll into an hour, hour and a half. And we're just talking about any and everything. That's just a way to unwind and, and digress. And I brought up the the topic of what I was thinking about talking about tonight. And the first words that came out of Deidre's mouth was, okay, yeah, I can relate to that. And she shared why. So at this time, I'm going to yield Deidre the floor to share her story in her own way. Well, mental illness is something that in the Black community, we tend to shy away from. There's such a stigma against um, mental illness, be it depression, be it schizophrenia, um, be it OCD. Uh, we, we in the black community want to think that, oh, that's just like you said, because they're lazy or uh, they just don't want to do nothing. Oh, they're too sensitive, you know, but like Jasmine pointed out, 
most mental illness is caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain. When I was about seven years old, I had an incident where I landed on my head in the street and cracked my skull. So I had, I had some intense brain trauma. Don't know if that's why I now suffer with depression or not. Don't know. But back in 2004, I had a wake up call. I had gone through um, a breakup with a guy that, you know, he really wasn't worth it anyway. Um, but I could not shake that depression. My son was about five years old at the time. And I just, I was laying in my bedroom in my townhouse and I'm like, I can just end this. I can end it now. You know, I don't have to deal with this. You know, I had already previously that week I had had a panic attack at work. And like I said, there is a stigma in the black community about mental illness. My supervisor called my mom and my mom was like, ain't nothing wrong with you. You just need to get over it, you know, because, you know, hey, that's, that's just what the black community is. <laughs> and that next week, I just really just had a hard time. I couldn't get myself together. I didn't want to get up out of the bed. I didn't want to go to work. I wasn't doing anything. And I had enough presence of mind. I called a friend. I said, hey, I need you to take me to the hospital. He thought I was playing. I called my mama and told her I needed her to take me to the hospital and she took me and she left me. Mm. And so I was admitted for a week with acute, what they thought was acute, acute depression. It was later changed to chronic major depression. I spent a week in the hospital, but I tell you, that's probably was the best thing for me because then I realized that my issues that I had going on and what I was suffering with and, and what I was sad about, there are some people out there whose problems were much worse than mine. Um, I was put on medication. Um, I think I started off with like, I was so wired up at first. I couldn't even go to sleep. They gave me Ambien and I stayed up the whole night. They initially, uh, after they put me on that Ambien, they changed me to what was called, a, a, what they call it? A tranquilizer called Tamazepam. And one day I was watching Cold Case Files and they were talking about how this lady killed her husband and uh, she was putting Tamazepam in his food. And that was like to me, Deirdre, hey, wait a minute. Back, back. <laughs> you don't want to off yourself with this tranquilizer. So I kind of weaned myself off of, you know, that. That's why I was interested in what Jasmine was talking about, especially with the foods, the different foods that can, you know, help to stabilize your mood. And uh, I was put on 100 milligrams of Zoloft. That's a high dose. And I just over the years, because this is like 17 years later, I still suffer with depression. I really do. Um, but now I am better able to gauge what my triggers are and I'm better able to handle how I deal with certain things. 
my mother now embraces and knows, you know, exactly what goes on with depression. One Mother's Day about maybe five years ago, I had a come apart. And I called and I said, Mama, I need you. I just need your help. And she and my daddy came over to my house and got me. And I was I was really at a bad place. And they were like, we're taking you to the hospital. And I was like, no, no, I don't need to go to the hospital. And so I got my meds. I got everything together. And, you know, it's just when that chemical imbalance goes on up in here and them gears ain't firing quite right, your, your spark plugs ain't firing quite right, you know, it leads to a whole other different set of issues. And people just don't understand that it's not just a matter of, you know, hey, pull pull yourself up by your, your, your bootstraps. It's not as simple as being able to shake it off. It's not. Because it's something internal. It, it's not just something that you can turn on or turn off. You know, and my friend here, you know, he, he, he knows about depression as well, Sherlock. And he ministers and talks to the vets because he has post-traumatic stress syndrome or post-traumatic stress disorder. So, you know, we all, everybody at some point has, I guess, some type of mental breakdown or, you know, it's just some of us are not able to re-engage as quickly as others. And we might need a little help. And it's, it's kind of comforting now to know that more people in the black community are embracing, you know, that mental health awareness is something that's necessary. That, you know, we all came up in church and we all believe in God. We do. But sometimes we need to embrace that brother or that sister that's having that issue. And instead of talking about them, or instead of trying to explain them away and mitigate what, you know, and, and lessen what their issues are, listen. I know with me, I just want you to listen. I don't, I don't, I don't need you to tell me how to get through it. I need you to listen to me because I feel like nobody hears me. I don't know if that's anybody else's problem, but I just feel like sometimes I'm not heard. And sometimes that's the best medicine and the best therapy. Um, some people might need, you know, that that person to say, well, this is what you do. And this is how you tackle that. We're all different. We're not the same. We're like a pack of jelly belly assorted jelly beans. It's a different flavor with each and every one of us. So when I'm, when I find myself getting depressed, I put on bright colors because I need something to pick me up, spark me up. Because if I had my choice, I would be in my room, in the dark, with the door closed, no television. I might have the phone. I just want to be by myself. And sometimes you can work your way out of that. Sometimes you can't. But we've got to embrace our friends, our church members, our acquaintances, our co-workers, because if you keep on going through that depression and it's not being, I guess, treated or you're not dealing with it effectively, then 
there is that chance that you might attempt to take your life. You might take your life. You know, who knows if I hadn't had the presence of mind to call my mom and ask her to take me to the hospital, you know? And then I thought about it after the fact, you know, what would that have done to my son if I hadn't taken my own life? Then he would have grown up with his own set of issues, you know? And who knows, I might have even passed some of this on to my son because they say that mental health, you know, genetically passes from the mother to the child. So we gotta do better mm -hmm. with one another. We, we have got to try to understand what those issues are. And for those of us that suffer with mental health issues, we have to figure out what our triggers are. We got to figure out, you know, what's our, our course of action, be it, like you said, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And to be honest, when I first started on this journey and I was having the issues, um, when I had that panic attack at work, I went to see a psychiatrist and the things that he was telling me to do, they kind of just sent me backwards. And that's what it, it just, it made my problem seem so much bigger. So everything, you know, it's, it's not just like a, a regimen, like you can take two aspirin and it's going to go away. No, nah, that's not the way this works. It is, you've got to see what avenues work best to get you to a better you. It's, it's not just, like I said, take two aspirin and it's gone. No, it, it's going to take several different avenues to try to get you to that spot where you need to be. Indeed, before we continue, let me first thank you for your transparency and sharing your truth, because as I stated, um, even the people that watch are watching the show now and people that watch the replay, you and I have a lot of uh, friends in the entertainment industry by way of music and acting. And this is something, depression or suicide attempts, they don't have any respect or person. No. They can listen to anyone. And we have a few moments in the show. So Jasmine, what I want to ask you, as I listen to Deidre share her testimony, one thing that stood out to me is that she um, called her best friend first and said, hey, I need to go to the hospital. Let's talk about the importance of saying that because so many people, they don't even think about that mm -hmm. on attempts. Let's talk about the importance of that. Um, first, Deidre, your transparency was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you're here. Your story literally like made my whole face light up. And I was over here like, oh, you can't be smiling that big. She's talking about that <laughs> stuff. But like, I love hearing, you know, people who, who overcome because the same way we started our show off talking about the importance of, you know, us seeing people who look like us on the TV doing mm -hmm. positive things. Mm -hmm. It's just as important to hear the stories of the people who have been in that dark place and who fought their way out to the other side. Mm -hmm. um, you are amazing. Um, and I am so thankful to be here tonight to hear your story. Thank you. Um, what she did was brave. Um, what she did was hard uh, making that call to say hey i need help 
is often the hardest thing that someone who is dealing with depression or suicide will ever face. Mm -hmm. um, making that call to say, I am weak, I am vulnerable, I need your support. Whenever you feel like you are in a world completely by yourself that no one else understands, that level of courage is admirable. Um, unfortunately, many people don't have that courage. Yeah. Um, but I think that sharing your story will will hopefully increase that because that is powerful. Um, I really wish that your friend had responded differently. Um, and that's just kind of that reminder on why we're doing this show tonight. Just whenever you get that call, here's the thing. If somebody is making a scene, because, you know, that's how we identify exactly. them. They just being dramatic. They just making exactly. a scene. Exactly. If somebody feels the need to make that kind of scene, it's already a problem. Um, is it happy people or you're not necessarily happy, but, you know, people who are mentally in a good head space don't go around to fake depression. Right. There's nothing that you want to have at all. Right. And, you know, just with you talking there, talking about how brave that was and how it took courage. <laughs> I didn't think that at the time. Now I do, you know, I, I understand that it takes some really, really big guts to be able to admit to people what your issues are. And some people will never understand what you go through. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> like I said, you know, I thank God now for my mama. I, God knows I do. But at first, she just didn't understand. You know, and I think that that is something within the Black community. Everybody wants to explain it away, being dramatic. That used to be my mom's word. Um, or, you know, you just got to pray about it. Yeah. But even the Bible tells you when you, when you need somebody, you ought to be able to be on a friend. So, Lord, I just, you know, past couple of years, I've been saying, you know, it's, it's for me, my testimony being able to show somebody else that they can make it out. And I just really didn't realize exactly what I was saying. But to know that you can be a light to somebody else, to let them know that, yeah, somebody else is suffering with them. Yeah, you see me all the time. I'm silly. I'm smiling. But a lot of the times, that's a show. Mm -hmm. I'm a performer. And I got to let you know and make you believe that everything is going on great right here. But once I get inside that car, or once I get inside my house and I close that door, it's a different story. I just hope that instead of people taking, you know, my transparency and using it against me, I hope they use it for good. So that when their loved one or when their friend comes to them, and says, I need you. That they can be what they need at that time. Absolutely. Because we don't take it seriously. We do not take mental health seriously at all. The other day we had a guy at my job that was threatening to 
kill everybody there. But when I thought about it, you know, at first I was like, you know, he ain't gonna do nothing. And then I got home and was listening to the news about the man in California that went in and shot up the workplace. You know, you don't think about it when you're right in the middle of it. People can lose so much and they just snap. And just think about when that person snaps and it's just been a little bit, you know, just, just, just an immediate. What about that person who's been dealing with it for years and years and years and that pressure just continues to crack at their foundation? Absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. You, you are, you're good. That's a good way to release and how I want to end this, I can tell y'all this. Um, we're gonna do a part two, so we'll get together after this, even if we have to do it pre-recorded. There will definitely be a part two because I purposely wanted to save some because I didn't know everything. Yeah, but we definitely will do a part two because there are people, even in the comments, that are being blessed by this. These are things that people need to hear. How I want to round up this conversation and we'll definitely hit on the end of the second part. <clears throat> I would ask that when you encounter a person that is dealing with mental illness, that you don't judge. Amen. But on the flip side, ask that person, how can I understand your journey? Mm -hmm. Or take the time to educate yourself. Because unfortunately, that's what happens a lot Deidre said it best and Jasmine in the black community. We don't take the time to understand. We judge. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with them. They're just crazy. Right. And I'm going to be honest. Now I know that, you know, for years, crazy has had several definitions. <laughs> the obvious, which I just said. And then if you were saying a person was a character, they were a comedian. Oh, they just crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't even like using it in that sense anymore because of the negative tone that we've given it. So what I would ask tonight, everyone that's watching, you take the time to understand. We've, 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 we've judged people a lot. And I'll be honest, some people may disagree with me. That boy, that girl killed themselves, they're going to hell. Well, guess what? You don't have a heaven or a hell put right. anybody in. Right. And you may disagree with that, but God is the final judge. God is the righteous judge. So again, it's, it's, it's taking the time to understand and listen. And what I'm going to do, we're going to, um, I'm going to definitely going to allow Deidre and Jasmine to give their final comments, but I want to end this show. There's a proverb, shout out to my sister, Monica. She mentioned it on her show Friday. And I told her, I said, yeah, you're going to hear that Monday. So I'm going to share it. <laughs> and that proverb is, you can catch more flies with honey. Hey! Than with vinegar you can kill more flies with honey than with vinegar and so the meaning of that is hold on one second so the meaning of that is the proverb you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar means that it is much easier to get what you want by being polite rather than being rude and insolent mm -hmm. And then another meaning of that same proverb is you can win people to your side easily by gentle persuasion and flatterly than by hostile confrontation. 
For instance, don't walk in the room and say, get your crazy self up. Because I'm just going to tell you, if you encounter me and I'm not having a good day, first of all, I'm just going to look at you. Because if you keep on, I'm going to tell you some things that's going to make you my presence. So yeah, we you we have to be careful. We have to practice more love Ooh, and time with people. Because here's the thing: you know where you are now, but you don't know where you could be. And as I've said again, depression and suicidal attempts—they have no respect of person. And it's by God's grace and mercy that all of us are where we are today. But again, you know where you are today. They used to say, you don't know where you'll be tomorrow. You don't know where you'll be in the next second, in the next right. hour. Right. And so, Jasmine, I'll give you um, at this time to share any closing remarks that you have. Um, the other person, Deidre, I loved your story, but I also want to shout out your mama. Um, your mama for acknowledging the ignorance. Um, yep. Ignorance is what we don't know. Yeah. Um, and putting forth the work to change yeah. because realistically, nobody is perfect. And we are dealing with generations of parents who yeah. were surviving. They were not thriving. Right. And so their mentalities and their mindsets and the things that they taught allowed them to survive. But now we have to shift that focus into thriving. And a lot of that is going to be through education and understanding um, each one teach one. So if you can reach out to the next, and that's what we need to be doing to pass it on. But I have the utmost respect for your mom for acknowledging that and making that shift because that's a big deal. Um, hearing your story reminded me, I was a school counselor and I called a parent and said, we need to take your kid in for an emergency evaluation. And I was told the child was dramatic and I ended up in the ER with that baby till nine o'clock before the mama showed up. Wow. Um, so yes, so I, I've seen it. Um, so much respect to you, your story, um, your mom for her shift. Uh, I feel touched tonight. Like I said, I feel blessed <laughs> to be able to be here and hear your story. Um, but as far as my final thing, just remember guys, you can do hard things um, and you have survived all of your hardest days. So that tomorrow is no different. Keep on surviving, keep on pushing. Uh, faith without works is dead. Right. You, you got to work for it. You can't just lay in the bed and pray it's going to go away. You have to put forth that effort. Put on that bright colored shirt and go out in public because the psychology behind that and why that works, um, the colors really do make a difference in our brain. But also whenever you look good, you feel good and people yes. compliment. And those compliments, as much as we... Compliments are awkward. Like it's awkward to be complimented, but it make you feel real good. Yeah. you just gotta get fly just for the sake of. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you or someone you know uh, needs any kind of mental health support, I do work with Impact Family Counseling. Uh, we do currently have a wait list, but I will encourage you to reach out if you would like to set up an appointment to find a therapist. Um. If you are not interested in the wait list, feel free to call around. If you are dealing with an extreme situation in this moment, there is a national suicide prevention hotline that you can call toll free at any time. 
Um, you can go to your nearest emergency room. There are trained professionals there who will see about you and keep you safe. Um, if you call your friend and your friend minimizes what you're going through, call 911. Mm -hmm. Someone can come to you. There is help out there. You are loved. You are special. You are valued. And live your life because you are changing other people's lives every day. Absolutely. All right, Deidre. I just want to tell that person who's suffering with whatever mental illness. I myself, oh my goodness, we got hood chick back in the back. <laughs> but <laughs> my little sister Lexus. But um I looked up to my mom as being the most beautiful, the strongest individual that I knew. I always saw myself as weak and not pretty at all. Even though I almost look identical to my mom without hair. When you look to your heroes and you see their strength, you have to also be able or be willing to even want to see the strength inside yourself. You have to be able to see the light that you see in others mm -hmm. in you. Life is going to be what it is. It's going to be some ups. It's going to be some downs. But life and living life is so much better than the alternative. There's always somebody that loves you and that's looking up to you, whether you know it or not. There's always somebody out there that needs to see you going through your storm and you making it to the other side so they'll know that they can too. Somebody is looking for the light within you. So you got to make sure you can find that light within yourself. And for anybody that, you know, if you have mental health counseling available to you, just, just like Jasmine said, for the impact counseling or whatever with your job, um, I think there are even some free programs that will, you know, provide mental health care. Please take advantage of them. Don't try to work through it on your own. There is help available to anybody that needs it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, ladies, again, I want to thank you both for being guests tonight. And hang on once we end the broadcast, because I am going to um, keep the virtual space open where you guys can talk moments um, once we get off the public forum. And again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Again, this will be a part two. It will air on next Monday, July the 4th. It won't